Hello podcast listeners, thank you very much for your continued support of the podcast. Before we get started with this week's story, I wanted to quickly tell you about a new book I've got coming out at the end of this month, the 30th of November. This is a book of 15 mixed genre short stories called Which Way is North? Many of the stories have been featured on this podcast, such as What If, Second Chances, Contingency Plan and more. But all of them have been extended by at least a thousand words to give a little bit extra for those of you who want to read the book. This will be available to buy on Amazon on the 30th of November. If you keep an eye out on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash short stories by Chris Morris, or in the description part of these podcast episodes, you'll find a link where you can buy the book when it's out. It's called Which Way is North and I can't wait to share it with you. Thank you very much. Now on with this week's story. Dear Maisie, You came into this world quietly and curiously. I was the first person you saw. The look on your face was one I still see to this day, that distant leer, with a surface of uncertainty which isn't just youthful naivety. It's also a desperate endeavour to seem belonged. A cry out to the universe for acceptance. It's a look of someone trying to find their way in the wide world. I know the look and the feeling all too well. Your little eyes met mine for just a second, but held on for moments longer. I loved you the instant I saw you, and I felt even then that you were comforted by my presence, new and confusing as it was. I don't know what you saw on my face, but I imagine it was a slow, sure change from an expression of daunting perturbation to that of fleeing, unyielding joy. And when I held you for the first time, when I held my little girl in my arms, I felt happiness, yes but something else too, a great weight. One that seemed placed there by an imposing entity of some sort, which would no doubt ease off as the months and years went by and I found the correct pair of shoes to fit my new father's feet as I confidently walked the path of parenthood. But the path, which I guilelessly saw as somewhat straight with the slightest of bumps here and there, turned out to be rather different. And the weight that was placed on me did not get lighter, but significantly heavier as the years pressed on. I'd always imagined my parenthood as a combined effort of multiple positive influences. I would take care of your most prominent needs first, and then I would teach you to sing and dance, paint and colour, laugh and make music. Whenever you would fall, I would pick you up and wipe away the debris, and always when I didn't know the best course of action, there would be external aid. Other influences who could support me and us, But, Maisie, sometimes things don't work out the way we think they will. I know you see your father as a brave warrior, a man who is not afraid of anything. Monsters that prowl the night would come across his house and flee in terror when they caught sight of whose door they'd come wickedly sniffing at. All shall respect your father and fear him. But the truth is, Maisie, I'm scared. I am afraid, and I always have been. I know you don't understand this. There are a great many things that are difficult for me to explain to you, and to myself, for that matter. I think of how far you've come, but I fear how far you have yet to walk on a path that is veiled by fog so thick that it is itself another obstacle on your journey. I imagine myself holding your little hand through as much of this as I can, until it gets so big that one day I shall hold it for the last time and let go, not knowing that I will never feel the touch of it again. And then where will you be? What part of the path will you be on and how much fog will there be? 
And will you wander off looking for an answer to that distant leer that's been with you from the beginning? And will you find it? And how heavy will my weight and my heart feel then? When I found myself alone with you, the weight had never felt heavier. As I walked the path of fatherhood, I found that it sloped sharply upwards and became dizzyingly steep. As I climbed, I dared not look upwards for fear of seeing it become unscalable. But what then, Maisie? What happens to us if that path becomes too treacherous to navigate? I do not know the answer to a great many things, but I believe I have found the answer to this. I write this letter to you as you sleep, undisturbed by the maddening thoughts that haunt my waking life. I am writing it for you, but also somewhat for myself. To remind myself of just how possible it is to traverse the paths of parenthood when you have your passing places. When the road ahead becomes distinctly turbulent, a passing place can help ease the journey and make the way less perilous. Yesterday, we made an autumn wreath. What's a wreath? you asked. Like the Christmas one we put on our door, I said. What's an autumn one? you asked. One made out of the colourful autumn leaves, I said. Cool, you said. We took a walk in the woods looking for the most beautiful fallen leaves that we could find. You excitedly picked out the biggest and most colourful ones and placed them in the plastic zip bag we took with us. You said you could smell the autumn in the air, and you told me it was now your favourite season. I laughed. You asked why. I said nothing, while thinking that you would likely say the same of winter after we visit Santa. When we got home, we glued the leaves to a grapevine wreath I had bought, and we hung it up on our front door. You got glue all over your hands, and we had to scrub it off with warm, soapy water that smelled of strawberries. When your hands were dried, you ran out to see the front door, and you admired the beauty that we, father and daughter, had created together. You didn't see it, but I quickly wiped a tear out of my eye. If you'd caught it and asked me why it was there, I'd have said something like, Sometimes people cry when they're really happy. And you would accept this answer, baffling as it would be, but for myself I'd have an even less clear answer for why a tear was there. The next morning you ran out to see your wreath once again and found that the leaves had curled up and gone more brown. The beautiful colours were lost and I saw that look in your face again, the distant leer. My heart somewhat sank, but I had an idea. After breakfast we drove to the craft shop and we bought some construction paper. We drew leaf shapes onto the brown, red and golden pieces, cut them out and folded them into three-dimensional autumn leaves to replace the real discoloured ones on our wreath. We sprinkled these with the extra ingredients we'd purchased from the shop, gold and silver glitter. Our elderly neighbour Agnes came out to shower you with praise. Oh my, what a beautiful wreath, she beamed. You've given me such a lovely view from inside my kitchen window. You smiled and for a moment it seemed our treacherous paths were almost forgotten, demystified and decorated with all the colours of autumn leaves. And it's days like these, Maisie, that help that sloping path of mine begin to flatten just a little, and the weights to feel less than it is. And onwards we marched through the passage, my father's shoes feeling fresh and tightly secured, for now at least. I have found that there is not just one pair of father's shoes, but many. Today they are made from construction paper and glue but tomorrow they may be made from marbles or storybooks, and they must be changed often to make sure the path is still walkable. As you sleep, I look through the pictures I took of you making the wreath and I smile, but that peculiar tear forms in my eye once more, 
and this time transforms into rivers of emotion flowing down my cheeks. Why? I believe it is a combination of happiness and of the intense, overwhelming emotion associated with that weight that was placed on me when I met you for the first time, the one that is ever growing. Being your father is a tough job, Maisie. You are a sweet, joyful, happy and caring child, but I am a man who is perpetually haunted by nightmares of what might be if I fail you. If I let your hand slip and lose you in the fog, the last thing I see in your face being not the leer, but a look of disappointment. That, Maisie, is what I fear most. But for all the tears, days like these are important for me. Today was a passing place, a place for us both to take a short break and rest to find the next day that our paths have become a little easier. Passing places are found in craft days, visits to castles, walks in the park, film nights, drives in the countryside, and baking cakes. They're the moments I find I can forget about my weight, and move forward with you cheerfully and to be that brave warrior that you think I am and watch you grow to be the brave warrior that I know you are. For all the exhaustion of helping you walk your path, I am both bewildered and awe-inspired to see how easy it is for you to help your father walk his. For every moment of self-doubt, there is a reassuring smile. For every worry that your hand is slipping from mine, there is a squeeze from yours. You are my hero, my little saviour, for without you my path would perhaps be freer from obstacles but profoundly darker. You are the light by which I can see enough to navigate my way through life. And each night after I kiss your cheek and say goodnight, I close your door, take the deepest of breaths and with both a tear and a smile I tell myself, you can do this. And the weight eases. find some birds that you like. Weo's favourite kind of bird was a robin. On Weo's walk he heard a tweet. Tweet! Tweet! It sounded like a small bird. The bird didn't sound happy. It sounded like it was hurt. Leo felt sad because a poor little bird needed help. He looked for the bird in the tree, but he could not see the bird. Leo looked for the red and brown leaves on the floor. There he saw a little robin. It was a little bird with a red tummy and a small beak. Leo found the robin had a little cut on his wing. Oh dear, Leo said, what happened to your wing? The robin looked at Leo's sad eyes. Leo carefully picked up the robin in two hands. He carried the robin to the vets. But on the way to the vets, they'll stop by something. 
We on the robin heard a noise. We all stopped. He was scared. The robin's heart was beating so fast. They heard a noise again, but it was louder. Then they saw the sin. It was making the noise. It had fire coming out of his mouth and spikes on his back and claws. It looked at Leo and the robin, and it said, "I'm hungry, and I really want to eat a robin." The robin's eyes were wide and open. The poor tiny birds started shaking. Then we all knew this was the sin that hurt the robin. We all said, "Hey, monster, go away!" But the monster said, "No." How could a small boy like we all defeat a monster? The monster was getting closer. Then Leo had an idea. Leo put the bird on、um, a small pile of leaves and jumped on the monster's back. Leo put his hands on the side of the monster's neck and started tickling him. Ha 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 ha! Said the monster. Ha 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 ha! Stop tickling me! Leo didn't stop tickling, and the monster kept laughing. Ha 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 ha! Please stop! Then Leo said, "I won't stop tickling you, monster, if you promise if you run far away and don't hurt any birds ever again." Okay, the monster said. I promise. I promise. Leo stopped tickling the monster and jumped off his back. Okay, Leo said. Now go away. The monster ran far, far away and never seen him again. Leo took the robin to the vet. And the vet fixed his wing, and he was all better. The robin started singing beautifully. Leo took the robin back where he found him, and the robin lived happily ever after. He was never bothered by any monsters again. The end. Thank you very much for listening. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and a review, and look in the description box of this episode for my links to Facebook and Twitter. See you next time. <laughs>